episode Loaded nine. Oh. Does he sit second, man? No, I don't I think he does. I think Kevin Keegan probably sits second. Oh, my God, what a <laughs> scandal. Austin Eckler versus the cards. Go and fuck yeah. the lot of you. <laughs> Austin Eckler. He's making me like I'm some sort of cameo. Like, I'm coming in and go, and out the bag, England to win. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Loaded Sport, where today we are going to be previewing the final week of the NFL season. Week 18 is finally upon us. We'll also be reviewing the darts that has just finished, the World Championships of darts that's finished at the Alexandra Palace, and looking towards FA Cup weekend. The third round of the FA Cup is with us as well. Included in that, we'll also have the listener lock-in. We'll be welcoming in our first guest. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that a little bit later on. There we go. Excitement straight away. So uh, joining me to go through all of that, I'll start by introducing Sam. Sam, you ready? Are you excited for this weekend? I'm pumped, mate. I'm I'm more pumped to speak to our boy uh, Carowin. He's, uh, he's been our number one fan since uh, since day dot, bless him. So yeah, I'm 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 chuffed to get him on. Not not actually spoke, never spoken to him before. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a pleasant surprise, I think. Absolutely. And uh, Skin, I know you're probably a little bit anxious as you've been putting a lot on the on our loaded sport chat about people stealing your locks. A chance that Carowin could do that. Potentially, mate, but he'll feel the wrath later if he does. So I'll uh, I'll save <laughs> the energy for if that time comes. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, mate. Hundred percent. And uh, last but by no means least, welcome in Kemp. Kemp, you all right? Mister Dawson, Mister White, man with the mic. How are we all doing this evening? Oh, I go thought on, just go for on. a second was he going to do it? I thought it would come in. I thought yeah, it would come I in. Well. I thought uh, the return was upon us, but no, uh, the excitement's been uh, not not to last. Kemp, I'm going to start with you by talking about what's been going off this last week in the world of football. We'll start by talking about the inconsistencies of interviews from one Antonio Conte. Well, actually, the stop, stop, oh. stop. I've just Ooh. remembered something. Ooh. Holy shit. Ooh. I've just Holy remembered shit. something. Ooh. That boy, Mr. Kemp, he owes us a list Ooh. from last week. And I've just remembered. So, oh, he Mr. does. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Right. Mr. Kemp. What? 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 what he, 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 tries, he, he tries to throw it off, didn't he? Oh, I'll get it ready for next time. <laughs> yeah, Kemp, <laughs> you always... Dusting under carpet, went not You're always a list, mate, of... Um, Club the, of the year, yeah. most improved, <laughs> once to watch. Young player. Right, okay. Run through it. Great stuff. Great stuff. Run through it like I run through you. Oh, baby, that's not possible. Love that, love that. Right, okay, so what's first? Best team? Yeah. You tell us, mate. Best team team of 2022. You've got it written down. Best team of 2022, Real Madrid. Um, Yeah, Champions League winners. Won their domestic league as well. Looked pretty much... um, They they didn't look amazing in Champions League, to be fair, but they managed to just grind out results and and they've got some fantastic players along with a a Ballon d'Or winning Karim Benzema. So, best team, Real Madrid. Uh, I think it's improved team next, is that right? And I'm going to say... Player of the year. Player of the year. If you want. Player of the year. Okay, so I'm going to say player of the year. I am going to say it has to be for me... Probably Kylian Mbappe. I think there was a lot of talk after the Euros about, oh, is he just all hype? You know, is he is he is he all mouth, no trousers, as it were? But I think his quality is really shown. Um, it's difficult when you play for PSG because it's not a really <laughs> high level of opposition. But when he played against France, you know, even though they didn't win the the, the World Cup, you, you always feared Mbappe, and he always looked like a, a bit bit of a difference maker, in my opinion. So uh, I'm going to say Kylian Mbappe. So, improved team next, correct? Yes. Yeah, man. Manchester United. Um, 
I know a lot of people will say Arsenal or Newcastle, and I completely agree with those two, and I, and I can't say that they're wrong. Wanted to sort of attack it a little bit differently, though, and just talk about it as as, as a club rather than just first team. That's and, fair. Yeah, the difference in the last 12 months or from the start of 2022 to the end has been significant, in my opinion. You look at where they were, and they were, they were an absolute mess, uh, making errors all over the place in terms of the transfer market, tactics, managers, everything. Whereas now they had a rocky start to the season, but Ten Hag looks like he's really got a, a brand of football back in Manchester, which is the first time for a long time they've had a recognised pattern of play, in my opinion. And I think they've been really smart in the transfer market as well. Casemiro is an unbelievable signing, which is really, you know, coming up trumps for him now. So in my opinion, Manchester United are the uh, most improved team. Team to watch in 2023, I think, are going to be uh, Chelsea. I think Graham Potter's had a rough start, but I think Todd Bowley and now Graham Potter, now he's got his feet under the table. I think they're going to have a good couple of windows. They've already started by signing a a couple of, uh, you know, on paper, decent players. Um, And I think they'll go from strength to strength because I do believe that Graham Potter is a a top-class manager, so I think he will turn it around. So that's sort of a team to watch and a bold prediction for me. And a player to watch is um, Bayern Munich's Jamal Musiala, who played for Germany in the World Cup. And I thought he was pretty much their only shining light. I've kept my eye and I had my eye on Musiala for a couple of years now. And he looks like a really, really decent prospect. So any Premier League teams that are looking for a a young, uh, bright forward who's got a lot of potential and they're, they're willing to stump up the money, I think Musiala is the way to go. So, yeah, thank you for that, boys. Thank you for uh, for allowing me to come back on that one. Not a problem. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Nah! (laughs) Is that a can? (laughs) I'll not fucking bother then. (laughs) (laughs) Got got shit on my hands, gaffer. (laughs) You're on bench. Right, let's move on to uh, talking about the more recent news uh, or the more recent interview, should I say, with Antonio Conte, the inconsistencies that he's been delivering in the press. Kemp, this is something that you've uh, picked up on quite a bit, isn't it? He's got a rap being his bonnet about it, hasn't he? Let's uh, see what he's got to say. I just think it's worth... I've got a bee in my bonnet. I just think it's worth talking about. And I think it's just the the question, I suppose, from my perspective to ask to you boys, and, and I suppose a question that I've sort of been asking myself and... And maybe a lot of Spurs fans have had to answer is, you know, is 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 his constant flip flopping between I'm a, I don't know if I can be bothered with a rebuild, and then two minutes later or one game later and they win a game and it's you know it's all sunshine and roses and Harry Kane's the best thing since last bread. So that up and down nature of you know one minute it's all doom next you know doom and gloom next minute it's all you know bright roses and fairies. I think. It's, it works in some respects because he did it. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if it was earlier in the season or last season, but Spurs were on a really bad run. I think they'd had a really bad result. And he came out in the in the post-match interview and, and slated pretty much everything. The club, the, the players said they weren't good enough, said he, they needed to overhaul the squad. And then I think they went on a pretty decent run. So is he doing it to give his players a kick up the arse? Or is he doing it because I don't know? He's he's holding the club to ransom and wanting him to them to give him a, a huge contract, which ends at the end of the season. So I don't know, but I think it's really fascinating that Antonio Conte can go from one extreme to the other as quickly as he can. If you look at after the Villa game, he was literally talking about 
you know, this this team is not good enough. You know, we're not going to win titles. We're not even maybe going to get top four if we don't invest, if we don't buy new players, if we don't have a basically a bit of a rebuild. And then they, they won yesterday for, was it 4-0 or 4-1 in the end? But they won convincingly. And then again, he comes out and no mention of any rebuild, no mention of anything. And I understand it's a different result, but surely flip-flopping that bad from one extreme to the other. What sort of effect, I suppose, Dawson, I'll come to you first on this one. What sort of effect does that have on the on the Tottenham players and more importantly, the, the Tottenham fans? I think it has more of an impact on the fans as opposed to the players, purely because we're only seeing that two, three-minute interview, aren't we? We're not seeing conversations in the dressing room on the on the training field you know all the other stuff we're seeing it's like a it's like a heavily edited tv program isn't it what you see an hour of um you know we were big fans of traitors it's just been on bbc we're seeing an hour of a 24-hour day so it's hard to get the full context we can only go and we can only have an opinion off of what we see but they're obviously having other conversations away from that so to it, how he's approached it and how he's presented that I do find very strange but it it would be hard for me to comment on what impact that's having on the players because we don't know what he said to the players directly five minutes before that five minutes after that this morning in training and that kind of stuff if it makes sense so if he's being as inconsistent in the message he's given to them as he is what he's given to the media then I, I very much would expect them to be confused not know where they stand but he gave a bit of a, a scathing interview the other day, as as you mentioned there, and they've they've come back and they've won four nil, kept their first clean sheet for quite a few games. They were on a run of conceding two goals a game. So, whatever we think of it, it's clearly had some kind of positive effect because ultimately all that matters is the result on the pitch, and they've just come off the back of a four nil away win. So it can't be too bad. So in that respect, and you're absolutely right, and I completely agree with you on as it happens in the. Spurs' biggest complaint is that they've not won a trophy since, what, 2008, the League Cup. So that's their, you know, they've brought Conti in to win trophies. That's why they've brought him in. And that's why they've, you know, they've been quite open with the fact that that's why they've brought him in. And that's what the Spurs fans want him to do. But I have heard Spurs fans, you know, on social media or or even on like the radio and stuff like that, where come out and say, you know, it's it's not good for the team. It's not good for morale. It's not good for this. We need, you know, Pochettino back and whatever else. And I'm to quote Charlie Nicholas sitting there thinking, this is what, you know, you wanted, you wanted a winner. And if this is what it takes to win, then take the rough with the smooth. It's not always always sunshine and rainbows. Exactly. But again, it's, you know, it's, it's, do the Spurs fans, are they going to flip-flop on their opinion of Conte as much as he's going to flip-flop on his his opinion of the, of the team's performance. So yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation and, um, and one that we'll definitely need to keep an eye on as we come towards the end of the season, because I know a lot of people, including myself, at the start of the season, had Tottenham Hotspur finishing top four. So uh, we shall see, Adam. Yeah, 100%. Completely agree with the points you've made. I think for Tottenham, it's just a case of trying to... Like with, like what you said with Conte and his interviews, I think it's a very dangerous game to be playing with your contract run out at the end of the season, because like you pointed out, 
it could lead to you getting that extra contract, but it could also lead to your dismissal, the end, that kind of thing. And Tottenham moving on to yet another manager, but they need a bit more consistency and I think they need a much stronger squad than what they've got at the moment. At the moment, it's just Harry Kane or nothing, in my opinion, for Tottenham. Um, but we will move on to the next talking point, which we have. And Sam, I'm going to come across to you for this one. Um, there have been plenty of rumours lately regarding Frank Lampard and Everton's recent form, one of which includes the Football Insider reporting that he will be sacked before the next uh, Premier League game, so after the game mm. against Manchester United on Friday. Now, you're a Derby County fan. You've had Frank Lampard at the helm before. What's your opinion and thoughts? I think he's a good manager. I think he did... Uh... Did really well with Derby. Granted, it was it was part of the Derby team at the time where Mel Murray was just plucking money out his arse, and obviously that's what we further down the line we paid paid dearly for it. So he did have some back in there. Um, thirty six points in thirty six games, I think it is something like that uh, as Everton boss, which is just clearly not good enough. However, I do think that if you look at the Everton squad, it's just an absolute. Frankenstein team. It's just a, a bastard. <laughs> it's a bastardized team that's been chucked together. There's about 14 different players from 14 different managers in that team. There's, there's no, he's not had a full squad that is brought in under his own power. So there's always that to it. Obviously, they've financially they've been uh, they've they've struggled over the last probably season or so. With um, it all looked quite promising with the big takeover, which hasn't quite materialized. So yeah, it's. I think I think they should stick with him personally. Um, whether or not that happens, as you say, it, it's sounding like they are. It probably will be going by the time they play another another Premier League game. But I, I personally think they should stick with him. I think they just seem to be firing managers left, right, and centre at Everton, and they've just got to give somebody the time and backing just to get their team in. And even if it is just a matter of just trying the best to avoid relegation this season, do a Newcastle what they did last year. Just, just concentrate on making sure you survive that relegation. So you've got the fresh season ahead of you, just to you know clean slate and go again. But yeah, for me, I'd, I'd keep him. He, um, as I say, I, I quite liked him at Derby. Um, I think he left Derby far too early in his career. I must admit, I obviously, it come, it come, Chelsea come knocking, and you know, to an extent, can't blame him. It's his, it's his club at the end of the day, but. I just think he probably should have had a bit more of a self-discipline there and said, you know what, I don't think I'm ready for that big, bigger job. And I think it's probably set him back slightly in his managerial development. I think if it had been at Derby now, I think we'd have, uh, well, it's like impossible to say, I guess, with that, um, how we nearly went under. So whether or not he'd have been a part of that, I don't know. But yeah, for me, stick with him. But it wouldn't surprise me if he's gone in the next week or so. Yeah, OK. And Skin, moving on to a talking point. Can I just add some? Can I just add yeah, something really can. quickly to that Lampard conversation? Can, Sorry, I just no. uh, I don't Sorry. know. If... Sorry, I don't know if you maybe I disagree slightly, Sam. I don't know if you're looking at it from a rose-tinted derby spectacles. Perhaps, maybe I don't know. I don't know. But Everton was 16th when Lampard took over. If I'm not wrong, they're now 18th. The football's pretty poor. The signings have been bad and that's not all Lampard because the signings have been bad for a, a long, long time. But Onana hasn't worked. Dwight McNeil, always a bit, bit of an odd signing. Don't know why they brought that one in. James Garner from United, I think he's on loan, didn't work. Then he got injured. Yeah. Morpai from Brighton, hasn't worked. And I think Everton aren't just suffering from poor management from Lampard's perspective because I don't think he's a he's a great manager in in all honesty, um, but I think they're suffering from obviously that the, the poor running of the club as well, and the problem is is that when you've got both of those things working in tandem, it's very very difficult to see a way out of this for Everton. 
the ownership aren't going to bugger off and they're not going to restructure the, 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 the running of the club and the ownership model partway through the season. But one thing they can change partway through the season is the manager. And if I was an Everton fan, I would personally want to see Lampard go and get somebody in who's, you know what, don't care what type of football they play, don't really care if they're a dinosaur or not or whatever. I just want a specialist in survival to come in Short-sighted, though. It's very short-sighted. It is, but Everton have to be short-sighted this season. They've just got to stay up. Next season, they can maybe have a bit of a change in structure, get get a new manager in, a new bright, you know, exciting manager. But this season, Everton need to stay in the Premier League. And by doing that, they need to get a proven manager who who is, is, is basically experienced at keeping, you know, teams in the Premier League. And uh, and that's why I think the most most important thing is for uh, for Everton right now, rather than keeping Lampard. Unfortunately. So you're saying they should uh, go uh, for Sean Dyche? Uh, yeah, right. I I, so, I disagree. I honestly think it, it can come good as a good manager. You've got to think in in real terms. He's probably had about what four or five years <laughs> in management. Full stop. Yeah. Is 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 part of fucking Mensa for God's sake? Is you know he's a really clever bloke. Is is I can't see how you know just a regular well, someone like a Steven Gerrard. I can't see how he's not going to be better than him. Is is? Oh no, I, I don't think Gerrard's really got what it takes either. But you know, there's a lot of clever footballing people that never make good managers. You know, Steve McLaren apparently is best coach that a lot of top players have ever had. But he was he wasn't it was never a very good manager. Hey, and you're brilliant you at Derby. I love you. What now. Lampard achieved with Derby. Yeah, he got him into playoffs, but I think they were in playoffs year before that without him as well, weren't they? So did he did he progress on what they'd done the season before? And he'd got Mel Morris spending money like it was going out of fashion. Went to Chelsea. It was you know, for him, wasn't it? What? It it was going out of fashion for Mel Morris, wasn't it? That's why well, they yeah, in the shit. Literally did go out of fashion, yeah. <laughs> but then he goes to Chelsea and fair enough, probably didn't get a long enough shake at the stick. They got a transfer embargo. He had to go to Chelsea, in my opinion. You, you can't turn that type of job down because if it would have worked, we look at this in a completely different situation and Frank Lampard's one of the best managers in the country. So you've got to go there, in my opinion. You've got to be selfish in that respect and think about your career and your, and your family. But it didn't work there. And then he went to Everton where, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big club, a great fan base. They didn't have the best side. They didn't have the best players. But, you know... He has had the opportunity to work with some very decent players at Everton. And like I say, when, when he took over, they were 17th, now they're 18th, and they're looking really bad. So that's, again, I understand where you're coming from, but my opinion of Lampard is, is maybe a little bit more negative than yours based on what he's actually done, which in my opinion is not a lot. I think that's fair enough. But going back to your Derby comment there, where you're saying it were a playoff team, the team before, I, can't, I honestly can't remember the year before, but I know for a fact when he took over Derby, they were like 18th when, it, when he took over. Um, mm. And then he, 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 that that season they had a late push and got him into playoffs. So it, it went uh, it went an easy job when he took over at the time. It, it turned him from 18th to sixth place. I'm going to yeah, agree with no, Sam. That's, and that's say, admirable if that did happen. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Sam and say that he should have a bit longer at the go because when he was at Chelsea, I disagreed with his sacking. I felt that because he'd had that transfer embargo, he could only use youth players for his side. It actually been quite competitive. He obviously wasn't going to go on and win the Premier League or anything or compete with the likes of Man City or Liverpool at the time. But he was up there and he was competing without being able to buy players. And then as soon as there's that opportunity to go out there and, and start to spend a bit of money, it couldn't really work for him and they let him go. They didn't really give him that sort of opportunity to buy those players and import them into that squad so to speak they let him go before then and brought Tuchel in so I think that 
with Everton, if they're going to give him a bit of money to spend, then yeah, keep him and, and let him go at it and try and keep them up this season. He did well to keep them up last season because they looked long gone last season, if I remember rightly, when he took over. I'm not sure they were long gone. I think they, you know, they brought him in and like I say, they were 16th, so they weren't they weren't long gone. But yeah, I think he did a, a decent job of keeping them up. But again, you mentioned, you know, giving money to spend. I've just reeled off four, four signings there of which Lampard's, def- you know, he might not have decided every single one of them, but he certainly will have had a say. And, you know, n- none of them have worked out. The football's not great and it's just not brilliant. And just to go back to the Derby point of, of view, 2017-18, I think, was the year before Lampard came in. Uh, Derby finished sixth with 75 points. 2018-19, where Lampard was the manager, Derby finished sixth with 74 points. So, again, you know, I, I understand your points of view, but in, in my opinion, I, I think... Everton's main priority is staying in the league. And I personally don't think they'll be able to do it with Lampard. And if you're going to make a change, make it now. Yeah, that, that's understandable. At the beginning of January, plenty of time to uh, to go and buy new players. If, if that's your thoughts, fair enough. Uh, we'll move on to the next point for you then, Skin. Uh, talking about the transfer window, Chelsea have had plenty of rumours over the next three to four weeks who they're going to be purchasing. Uh, Kemp has already made it clear that he thinks they're going to be the team to watch next year. Potter's got a great opportunity to bring in some of them players now, give them six months to get themselves readjusted within the squad. A sign-in has been made today with plenty more in the line, so to speak. What's your thoughts on Chelsea's transfer action so far? (sighs) We've spoke briefly about Chelsea slash Graham Potter's time there already. We know he came in without any real time to build his own squad and sign the players that he wanted to sign. So this is his first attempt in this January transfer window. They've got a big squad already. They've got, I would say, a, a decent amount of depth when you look at up and down the Premier League, but there there are certainly areas that they're lacking. Uh, and as we know, they've they've not been in the best of form. And I'm not really sure what they need to sort of look at to turn that around. Like we talk about their defence you know, they've got really high-quality, experienced defenders there in uh, Thiago Silva and, and Kubalari. They've got Reese James, who I know has been injured, but... Kubalari? Um, Kulabali. Go on. Kulabali, <laughs> sorry. Kulabali. Kulabali. Yeah, my bad. Um, they've Let got Reese James, who is injured, but, again, is, I would say, in... Uh, well, the majority of the Premier League teams would probably put him in their starting lineup if he played for them. Um Left-back, Cucurello, who played really, really well for Graham Potter at Brighton, and that form was the whole reason he got that move in the first place. Chilwell in the midfield injured of, as well. Chilwell injured at yeah, left-back. Yeah, Chilwell as well, when he when he plays and when he's sort of 100%, has, has been a high-quality defender. They've got quality all across the pitch, even in midfield. I'd say their main position is up top. They're, they're leading with Kai Havertz, who I'm really not convinced is a top-tier, out-and-out number nine Toothless. striker. Toothless. Yeah, you know, maybe he's a bit more of a sort of a number 10 kind of player, but a bit more out-wide, a number eight kind of role. But as an out-and-out main scorer, I've I've seen absolutely nothing. They've got a Bermiang, as we know, but he is aging. He's not the same player that he was when he was in the league at Arsenal um, and, and has obviously had a, a bit of success at Barcelona in between those two clubs. So... I would say sort of more towards the attacking side of the pitches where they need to focus, but it would be crazy to get rid of Graham Potter or even to speculate if he's running out of time at this point, considering the fact that he hasn't had a transfer window. But 
I'm not really sure what kind of players they could sign or should sign to to turn it around. There's certain positions that you can see they they they're weaken at the moment, but they've got good quality players on paper in those positions already. So if I'm honest, I'm not really sure where where the issues lie. As we know, they've they've got new owners. As again, they've got a new manager. So yeah, I think this season is is a write off. They might you know try try to look at a bit of a cup run like an FA Cup type you know, bit of bit of success and get a trophy and a bit of confidence going into next season. But I, I do think we're verging on this season being a write-off already at the halfway stage. And, and yeah, it's going to be a, a bigger summer than it is a, a bigger January for me. I'll, uh, I'll answer a question for you. They need strikers, is what they need. They're so yeah. toothless. They, they, they're terrible up top. We're crossed with Kai Havertz, Mason Mount. I watched them against Forest, a poor Forest team, let's be fair. And they just Very offered bad. nothing going forward. Absolutely nothing. And Forest... You know, they definitely deserve to get something out of that game. It kills me to say. Um, but now a striker is hundred percent where they need to strengthen. Um, whether whether or not it's the same as United, really. Whether whoever's available at this particular time of year, you know, it's, uh, clubs are reluctant to to sell a number nine. But yeah, it's hundred percent striker. That's what they need. Yeah, I'm just not sure who they go for. They've got Mkoku coming in, haven't they? But I believe that won't be finalised until the summer. He's, he's officially yeah, signed, summer. but won't join until the summer. So again. This season, pretty much a write-off. They've already got something, uh, well, a player of that quality waiting in the wings and uh, is a done deal. So, yeah, I, I hope they give Potter this season because it would be very harsh to get rid of him. And then next season will be more of a test of what the future of Chelsea Football Club looks like. Yes, and as you just said then, they could do with an FA Cup win. To do that, they've got to get through Manchester City on Sunday, which brings us nicely on to celebrating FA Cup weekend, which has made things very difficult for everybody's locks, predictions, wild cards, which we will come on to in just a few moments' time. But first... The giant killing round. The giant killing round, yeah. The third round of the FA Cup. Chesterfield are in it, so I can be happy about it and look forward to the <laughs> FA Cup for a change. Um, I'm going, mate. We'll get on to that later. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll get there a little bit later on. But first, we'll look back on the history of the FA Cup. And Kemp, I'm going to start with yourself by looking at uh, your your favourite FA Cup moment in history. Maybe the biggest upsets, should we say? Oh, biggest upset. I, I suppose the only sort of fair thing to do is is go from in my lifetime. Yeah, let's do um, that. The, the biggest upset, I suppose, is 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 the only one that I can I can use there. And I'm going to go back, and it's a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a strange one. Um, and and you might not remember it. And to be fair, I didn't remember it until I until I did a bit of research earlier and actually remembered remembered that it happened. 2011, Stevenage Borough 3, Newcastle United 1. Now, that seems crazy in today's time with Newcastle sitting third in the table. But, you know, Stevenage Borough, a team that's always sort of hovered around the bottom division or the bottom two two divisions. Um, And and not just to win, but to win by a two-goal cushion as well. Um, A really, obviously, unbelievable moment for for Stevenage Borough fans um, and one I'm sure they will never forget. I was going to go for another one involving Manchester United and Leeds because that was a momentous one. Um, but I, I did end up going. What uh, was Jermaine Beckford? Old Trafford. That's the end. Oh, that's the yes. one. Yeah, oh, kill That's the one. Remember that. That's why I was gonna go. I was gonna go with that one, but then I thought, yeah, at the time it was a, a, a big giant killing. But I think it was like more because it's Man United Leeds. Yeah, rather definitely. Than, Great game. Rather than because it's a, a giant killing sort of thing. So yeah, Stevenage three, Newcastle one. Bless Stevenage. Up the borough. <laughs> uh, Sam, what about yourself? 
Yeah, so I've been uh, been been thinking about this one, and it's impossible for me to actually. When I mention this team, I can't just particularly pick one round. So I'm just going to say, haven't done Waterlooville in 2008. Their FA Cup run, <laughs> cult favourites, absolutely unbelievable. So I just had to remind myself of how good this was earlier as I was doing a bit of research. So obviously, sixth tier, sixth tier of English football. There was in the Blue Square South. Uh, their cup run. Uh, they're in with Sherland Miners Welfare, aren't they? I reckon, <laughs> that, Dog and Duck FC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So uh, the cup run included wins against Conference Premier League side York, so league above them. They was in the first round. League Two club Notts County in the second round beat them, dusted them off, no problem. Third round was a trip to League One leaders at the time, Swansea. They drew 1-1 in, in, uh, in Wales. Got to a third round replay. They beat Swansea 4-2 in the third round, and there was 3-0 up at half-time, and it was just wow. it was unbelievable. And then the, um, the win, the reward was a trip to Anfield. Um, in the FA Cup fourth round, and they led twice at Anfield. They oh, ended up unfortunately so losing the game five two, but yeah, went one nil up, went two one up, and I just remember it was absolute scenes watching that. And then, yeah. can you imagine being in the away end there? Oh, right, I, can't, I can't imagine just being the players. Like, like you said, Sam, going yeah. one nil up, and then like there's one thing going one nil, going up one nil, and then doing it again, incredible. Yeah, and imagine that feeling of like, oh my fucking god, we are one nil up, but to then concede, we know how nine times out of ten that then goes. It's Liverpool, bit of complacency, they're going to get battered three, four, five, six, one, but and to then have the fucking crazy, I don't even know to. Go back ahead, like you said, it's is unbelievable for for a championship team, a League One team, a League Two team. But like you said, Sam, sixth tier of football. To, as, a, to go as, as, yeah, as you say, a reminder: there was in the Blue Square South. So that's Alfreton Town equivalent. Obviously, they're in the north. Yeah, it, Alfred, it was essentially Alfreton Town going to Liverpool and leading twice. It was just absolutely unbelievable. But yeah, they lost five two. But um, I think he, I even seen that there. Their player Potter, I think the striker won one player of the round in the in the fourth round. I think he must have scored both goals at Anfield. So yeah, yeah. that's uh, haven't a Waterlooville 2008 for me. Uh, a very fond FA Cup memory. Not bad that Aggie. What about you, mate? Mine. I was stuck between two, but I think I'm gonna have to go with the 2008 FA Cup final between Cardiff and Portsmouth because I think for both sides that was quite a Big thing for both of them to get there. The other one that I was thinking Cardiff about was... Cardiff and Portsmouth, it's fine. That's outrageous, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it that, is a little That's bit. the thought. And the only side that either of them had to face that you could really regard as a big side that they kicked out was the fact that Portsmouth beat Manchester United 1-0 in the sixth round. The and Rio Ferdinand had to go in net for penalty. He did, yep, yep, yep. That's <laughs> the one. Um, Shit, Jersey were about three sizes too big for it. <laughs> and to get to that's the a classic. That's a classic Neil Warnock, like not putting a keeper yeah, on Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it not got Jags as backup Jags though, have they? If you've got Jags in there, he saved it. <laughs> uh, to get to the final, Portsmouth beat Ipswich, Plymouth, Preston, United and West Brom and then beat Cardiff in the final. Throughout the entirety of that tournament, they only conceded one goal. Wow. So, it's it's an iconic team, though. That starting 11 and bench is, is prime. Harry Redknapp, Wheeler dealing, pick your Peter Crouch, Jamico Crouch, your Suleiman Tari. Is that Defoe and Crouch up front? Yeah, Defoe and Crouch. Um, Canu oh. was part of the team as well. David James in there. Glenn Johnson right so back. Van Distan at centre-off. Herman Horidison um, as a centre-back slash left-back hybrid. Still so, Van yeah, Distan, centre-off. Yeah, iconic team of, yeah, of our brilliant. generation's childhood. Brilliant. I do, just before From I come to you, though, Skin. Then, boys. 
Yeah, yeah, they were 100%. Um, I do, just before I, go, uh, before I move on to your skin, I want to give an honorary mention to, of course, the 1997 FA Cup. <laughs> I, knew. I knew it was coming. I can't I, 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 I believe we didn't go with I, it. Yeah, I, I thought this it. was yours. I, I definitely thought this was yours. I honestly didn't go with it because at the time I was five and I didn't actually start going to Chesterfield games and watching Chesterfield until 2004 was my first game. Yeah, that's, so I that's thought fair. It was a bit unfair for me to go for a game that I wouldn't have really remembered anyway. So... I've gone with Portsmouth Cardiff because I remember watching that as well on TV. So, uh, Skim, we'll go on to you. I've gone down the similar route of Sam in terms of not a specific game as such, but I will get onto that, but more the run. Um, and I've gone for Wigan Athletic winning the FA Cup in 2013. Uh, they are a team that in that season got relegated from the Premier League team and they played in the final second place Manchester United. They were off the back of winning their first league title, the Aguero uh, goal to win their first ever Premier League championship. And yeah, the run itself to the final on paper wasn't that hard. They played Bournemouth, who at the time were a League One side. They beat Macclesfield, Huddersfield, Everton in the quarterfinals, a fellow Premier League team, and then Millwall in the semi final. So it, they only played one round where, where they played and, and beat a Premier League team. So not the, uh, the sort of hardest route to the FA Cup final, but. They got there. There were there were opportunities for shocks, especially with their league form. It could have been quite easy to be a bit complacent, rest a few players, and, and notice that look, we need to focus on this league and try and avoid relegation and, and maintain maintain our place in the top division. But they didn't. They got to the final, and in that point in time, playing Manchester City, Man City went in as the strongest favourites in FA Cup final history, uh, with the with the bookies and the odds that they were to win that game, and Wigan went on to win that match 1-0 following the uh, Ben Watson header, which we we know at the time was a huge shock in any round. But to do that in the final on the biggest stage of the UK's domestic cup calendar is is something that I think in terms of we're talking about our lifetime or my lifetime certainly sticks out for, for a team that got relegated from the Premier League that season to win the FA Cup. It's not been done before, or what hadn't been done before. It's not been done since, and it will probably be a very, 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 very long time until it's ever done again, if it is at all. So, yeah, Wigan, for me, is, yeah. the, is the biggest cup shot. Just before you, you sort of shift on from this subject, I have made, named, obviously, my uh, upset of, of the FA Cup, but I wanted to just get quickly in just my favourite memory of the FA Cup, me personally, and that's got to be the uh, 2014 um, at Wembley Stadium, the Sheffield United against Hull City in the semi-final of the FA Cup. Um, we beat Fulham, we beat Forest, we beat, and we were in League One at this time as well. Uh, and we beat Charlton to get to the uh, to the FA Cup semi-final, um, and that was a, a fantastic, fantastic day. And I'll never forget it. Thinking at half-time we were going to win it, and then at full-time whistle we were well at the end of the game, really pushing to try and get an equaliser. And then Hull went down the other end of the pitch and unfortunately finished us off. But uh, yeah, that's I'd say that's my favourite FA Cup memory. Nice. It's memories like that that bring the magic of the FA Cup alive. We've spoken about the history in just a few moments. We'll be moving on to talk about the future as we welcome Carolyn in as our first listener locker.
Welcome back to episode 19 of Loaded Sport and welcome to the debut of Listener Lock-In where you've heard in the past 18 episodes us providing our locks. We're now going to welcome our first guest, Kerowin, to deliver his locks. Hello, Kerowin. Hello. How are we all doing? Good, mate. Good. How's yourself? Amazing. I've finished work and I've got a Nuki Brown, so it's all good. Oh, Ooh, bless you. Bless you. How does it feel to be our first ever guest? Amazing, but it's just... Being in the room, well, not in a room, is it? But in a Zoom with you, like it's just emotional. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, meeting your heroes, never do it. <laughs> I've, I've seen the things you guys do. Lot. Yeah, you'll be disappointed with us, lot. Trust <laughs> me. I've, I've seen the video of you lot. I can never be disappointed. <laughs> oh, I love that. Anyway, swiftly moving on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sweating on what video it is. To be yeah. We need to be quick or Adam's going to have a big editing job to sort out tomorrow. Let's move on. <laughs> Up till three o'clock uh, in the morning. We weren't that bad. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so, Carolyn, welcome to Loaded Sport. Just tell us a bit about your your background in football, your, your support in Newcastle. What, how did that really come about for yourself? Um, basically, my parents have nothing really to do with football and not asked about it. And do you remember, as a kid, I think we were around to my grandparents and watched England and just fell in love with Shearer. Nice. I thought you were um, going to say Kevin Keegan, then I got right excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Um, no, Shearer was just time. unbelievable. And What a player. I just loved him. And then ever since it's been Newcastle, even while we were shit, I still supported him. You know, um, hypo- hypothetically, say Harry Kane beats Shearer's record. He won't. Uh, are you saying he won't? <laughs> Ooh, no. Adamant. Wow, Adam, didn't confident. Even, didn't even let you ask the no, question. Wait, let me finish. Hypothetically, if he did, you say yeah, he won't. Kez, learn how, what hypothetically means, yeah? <laughs> it means it might not happen. Just, right. just imagine it does. So imagine it does. <laughs> well, you've already essentially answered my question. Would you still say Shearer was the better striker? Uh, yeah, because he played in a shitter team. Yeah, that's true. That's he played. He played with Blackburn, who weren't great. I know they won the league. Oh, they had, a, they had a decent side at the time. Premier Him league. and uh, Chris Sutton up front. Yeah, I oh, know. It, it, it's, it. it's not not quite Son, is <laughs> it? Sure next would. to him. No, no, it's not. But, <laughs> no, I don't. I think he's a bit. I would say a penalty merchant, but he's not even that anymore, is he? Ooh, like, fuck oh, fucking hell! He's got knives out for Kane he's been here. Saving he's that, he? Jesus! Oh, I'm waiting he, he for someone to ask me about him. He, he only hates <laughs> him because he's uh, Shearer's under pressure. His records are under pressure from. I Kane. believe That's I can't be that confident in no, what from... No pressure from Kane. Wow! Very quick, uh, very quick follow-up question on your Newcastle fandom. You, you mentioned that you're drinking a Nuki Brown before we uh, started the segment. Yes. Do you actually like it, or do you force yourself to like it because it's from Newcastle? A bit of both. A bit of both. <laughs> like, no, like, no, like, no, like, no, no. Nuki Brown's right. Nuki Brown's nice. a lovely drop for me. You can't have too many of those. Bit heavy. Oh, 100 percent. It's like Guinness, isn't it? You, you can have two or three. I think you limit for Guinness for me. Yeah, I'm not not too keen on Guinness to be fair, but Nuke Brown, you can have a couple, then you're like, never mind, that's me done for tonight. Yeah, you don't need your dinner after a couple of them, do you? Nah. <laughs> okay, so as a come on, Aggie, fan... let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Let's get. I've been excited for this for ages since we came up with the idea and we announced it. The schedule is full. Uh, let's get stuck into the the main event. Dawson's been sat there nursing a semi. I'm gonna let him. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna let him kick <laughs> things off, Dawson. Go for it. I'm, I'm no, just a, before you do, before you do, just a big oh, shout out. Stop! To, 
No, no, I'm not. I'm not cock teasing you, although I am a little. <laughs> you bit. are just a big shout out to everybody that's responded and that's that's joined in on this listener lock in. And like Dawson said, we have got a pretty much a full schedule, so uh, we're looking forward to everybody who's listening and everybody who's coming on. We're looking forward to having you on the uh, on the show. Uh, but right now, we've got Kez, we've got our boy Kez, and we've got Dawson mm. starting the listener lock in. So let's do it's it. Time. More or less fully booked until May. Unreal that. So, no, I'm, not, I'm not surprised you lads are smashing it. To be fair. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you. Appreciate that, mate. You can uh, transfer me that 20 quid on PayPal (laughs) for saying that. Appreciate that. Um, Spend it. Contactless don't work. (laughs) Right, Right, Kerouin. So, as you know, this weekend is the third round of the FA Cup. You listen to the show, you know how it works. So, your lock of the weekend, the weekend being from Friday up until Monday afternoon from the FA Cup. And this weekend, with it being the FA Cup, so it's the FA Cup, League One, League Two, and then the National League. Who is your lock of the weekend? The team that you are most confident will win this weekend. No surprise to anyone. It's going to be Newcastle against Wednesday. Is it? Are they away as well? They are away. Yeah. Talk us through it. Is that biased or or what's the Uh, logic? Both. We a little biased, but we don't concede. Wednesday aren't doing great. They need to focus on the league more than what we do. Wednesday aren't doing great. They're second, mate. They're flying. No, to be fair. No, to be fair, they're not. The third, I think. I don't think they are second. I think they need to focus on the league more than what we do. Yeah. To back back Kez up here. They're second. All I've heard. Are they second now? All I've heard in the last few weeks is Wednesday fans complaining. That's that's same. Same at work. Everyone's saying. They have been winning. They have been winning games and grinding them out, but they've not been playing great football. So I can see where Kez is coming from. Talk to a few Wednesday fans, and they were saying, with more, as as a Wednesday fan, they're more asked about focusing on the league than a cup that they're not going to win anyway. Ooh, wow. 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 Interesting. So we need Newcastle. to have something. Yeah, that's true. That, I, that I'm absolutely standard. Even Kemp saying that they haven't played good football. They beat Cambridge five. No, no, no. Time. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I don't want you to get it twisted. I'm no, no, no. That. That's what I'm saying. I, I can't believe to... you've heard people yeah. that have said that. Mate, I'm, I'm I can't believe the they're saying results. it. I can't believe they're saying it. They're unbeaten in God knows how long. But I put I put football Evan on, which is obviously a local uh, BBC Radio Sheffield show, and um, it's it's absolutely. Every single night, I, I listen to Wednesday fans coming on saying, we need to get rid of Darren Moore. We need to get rid of Darren Moore. He's not doing, we're not good enough. We're not good enough. I, I can't believe oh it myself. My God. So I can understand why Kez has been, you know, uh, told that by his workmates. Because like I say, a lot of Wednesday fans, uh, they don't seem happy at the moment, Some despite the fact that they are second in the league. So just, just flicking through the results, they've had one loss since the 8th of October. And that yeah. was in the FA Cup third round against um, Southampton on penalties. FA Cup third round. Sorry, EFL. EFL third round. That were on penalties. That's the last time they lost since October. We dragged mm. out a nasty draw against Arsenal. Did? Yes. No, it's, uh, uh, I, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I, I can only take it from the response that he's not taken anyone's pick. So that's a good start for Kerrigan <laughs> on the unloaded sport. And uh, that's a high bar for everyone wait, else. To wait till we get to the scorer. Yeah, oh. I'm sure someone. <laughs> so I'm sure someone will be mad at you, Adam. You've spun the wheel for the rest of us, mate. Who's next up for the locks this weekend? First up this weekend is Kemp. Ah, you motherfucker! Ah. Agatha Christie, man with the mic. <laughs> you salute. Oh, I'm so happy with that. That's amazing. Thank you very much for that, matey. Much appreciated. Thank um, the wheel, not that cunt. <laughs> oh, bless him. No, thank you, Aggie. Thank you, mate. I'm going to go with Aston Villa. 
I've mentioned mm. I, com- I, I, I was so complimentary in my uh, Stevenage Borough being FA Cup upset against Newcastle. But this time, I think they're going to come up short. Aston Villa are going to win fairly comfortably. It's half past four on Sunday uh, afternoon. Uh, Aston Villa are my lock of the week. They were my backup. They I've were. got them as backup as well. Yeah. Mm. They, they oh, no. That, mean, that means I've all got the same fucking lock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good job. Oh, Shit's fuck. about to get nasty. Right. I- Come Next on, give me that wheel. wheel. Sam, I am sorry, mate. Yeah. It is skin. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he oh, popped for it. He fucking popped for it. My hands were in there. Oh, <laughs> no. He fucking popped for it. Fuck you, Ag. Go on, Ag. Who is it? Skin. Oh, get in. Right. I am going 12.30 Saturday. Leicester to win away at Gillingham. Holy shit. Back in the early kickoff. Yeah, I, I know. It's FA Cup, though. I'll pause there just in, just to see if I'd, I took anyone's pick. Yeah. Uh, Leicester lost three in a row, so not in the best form. But since the return of uh, the domestic football, the teams they have lost to are Newcastle, Liverpool and Fulham. Uh, Fulham, I know, don't sound like the, uh, the best result or the best team to lose to, but are having a fantastic season. Before the World Cup, they were in very, very good form. And Gillingham is the perfect game to start turning their season back around again. Gillingham for the year 2022, when you combine all league teams sat bottom. They lost on Monday very closely to Stevenage 1-0. And I think that is uh, the the least chance of of a cup set this weekend. So, yeah, Leicester to win away at Gillingham. I can't believe you've gone for an away game. I know, mate, I know. But it is FA Cup, so that's about <laughs> that's the gap I need to mm-hmm. be able to back an away game. So yeah. Okay. Uh Sam, you are up next. Yes, I thought it'd be you. Um so has um Spurs at home against Pompey been taken? No, mate. Fuck you off. know damn well it hasn't. Don't you dare. <laughs> Ag, is that yours, mate? It is mine. <laughs> well it ain't anymore because it's mine. It's uh yeah, taking Tottenham Hotspurs at home against Pompey. Um, I can't lie, I had Villa at home against Stevenage and I had Leicester to beat Gillingham away. They were my other two backups and that was oh, it. Nice. So if, if you'd have gone first, I would have been completely fucked. So yeah, Spurs at home against Pompey is my lock of the week. Thank you very much. Can you give a reason why I have scramble? Uh, right, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's Tottenham against Pompey. You know, do I need to give that much of a reason? Yes, um, please. My other, you know, honorable mention. Uh, yes, if you yeah, want. go on. I was going to do an honourable mention. Coventry at home against Wrexham would have been my, probably they the one. My, I'd have, they were I'd my have, backup. Yeah, interesting. I'd have pivoted to, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'm well, sticking with the Spurs at home against Pompey. I had Arsenal up until when Dawson messaged me saying, uh, "Oh, not Monday." How's that yeah. shit? Yeah, not Monday night because we'd have been recording. Yeah, I, I might, I might sort of start stepping on toes with wild cards here, Kaz. So. Um, if you can, don't pick whatever match you've gone for there if it is in the FA Cup. But are there any teams that you've highlighted or you can see potentially causing an upset this weekend? I was in, intrigued a little by Villa. I expect Villa to win, but also, I don't, don't know, there's something telling me. me. Something telling me. Fancy at Stevenage. Yeah. I don't know why. Do you expect to be able to upset? If it were at Stevenage, I'd be more inclined to be, uh, to back you. But at Villa Park, it's a, it's a if it were at Stevenage, I wouldn't be back in Villa. Yeah, definitely. My yeah. my other one is I don't know who you'd class as favourites though. Be Burnley Bournemouth. It's a mm. tough one that because yeah. Bournemouth don't look great, but Burnley are looking good. But you'd imagine that are they going to fight for the cup? If they chance are they going to drop? Well, 
to be honest with you, one of, we'll get it to it, get to it in a minute. But one of my wild cards is something similar to that. So I'll uh, I'll go over it with you when uh, when we get to. Go it. on then, Adam. You've had plenty we're of time good, now. We're all good. <laughs> I've got one. I've got one. I'm going to go with Forest away against Blackpool. Forest, oh, yes, no. a lock, a lock. Yes, I'm so mad about that. A lock. Forest just outside of relegation in the knees. Premier League. Blackpool third bottom in the Championship <laughs> at the moment. So neither team performing too well. But I think Forest, based upon how they played the other day against Southampton, I think should have enough to see off Blackpool. So I'm going to go with not Forest as the lock. And Sam, I'll apologise in advance for. That's all right, mate. I ain't backing these FA Cup in it. I ain't backing it. Um, <laughs> right. So I was that I was just before I got into to Kez's scorer. I was going to ask you two very quick questions there, Sam. So my number one question was on a scale of one to ten, how fuming are you with Ag that he's picked that as his lock? But I suppose it's irrelevant now. Right, and okay. my, my second question was going to be, and I suppose it's not relevant for this week based on what you've just said, but we'll be moving forward. But you always put £10 on our combined oh, football and NFL Will I be locks. including theirs? Will uh, you be including the listeners? I will not. I will not okay, be. I mean, I, mean, I, did, I, I did, I've, I've already this personally. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't, mate. I just we have to put with mine and Ags and Kemp's predictions. So they took their bad. I've got away with that. All right, actually. <laughs> as long yeah, as I beat, who was it that got one last week? Both of them. Oh, Adam, 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 Adam yeah. and Kemp. Yeah. Adam, 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 Adam who's saying is, is all right. Actually, no, got no, one. no. I got one last week, but it's not like that's an every week thing with Kemp. That's like a high score. Oi! Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've, I've already, I've already thought about it. I'm not going to be having the listener lock in my in my ten pound uh, uh, eightfold because it's obviously an eightfold in it, so it's NFL I, included. I might, I might just for the laugh, but we'll see. Um, I might actually, I might have a five pound or uh, no, actually, I might have a one pound bet every week. No, right, I'm committing Locking, to it. Fucking, are you okay? I'm, I'm committing to How it every week. I'm going to have a one-pound bet on our listeners' lock, scorer, wildcard, and their three score predictions as well. And oh, if someone over the season gets six out of six, what a fucking win. So, right, anyone that's listening to this and moving forward, take this shit seriously because I've got a quid on it. Right. <laughs> let, let me change all my answers. <laughs> scorer, Kez, of the weekend, same leagues, same days, what player... Are you most confident? We'll put the ball in the back of the net this weekend. Well, I know you said about going first, but I had three in mind, but obviously I don't want to say just, them. Just in case. I'm going to go with Mitro. Oh, Mitrovic, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Talk us through why. He's just an unbelievable player. He seems to score regularly, full and rely on him more than to do anyone else. And I'm confident that against a lower side, he's going to find that form that he did in the championship as well. Yeah, away at yeah, Hull is, is that perfect opportunity. I suppose it would come down to whether or not he's rested. But well, the, this, the, this is why it's been so difficult. Yeah, say so I've looked at a few players from big sides, shall we say? Yeah, I I had someone from Newcastle lined up, and I was like, yeah. And then I thought, are we going to bother playing him? I mean, we probably will, but I don't know. I just thought Mitro's the outlier for me. That even if he comes on with. 10, 15 minutes to play, he's going to have a chance, isn't he? Yeah, fair enough, mate. It's a solid choice. Aggie, I'm going to assume that you're up first for the scorers. I am, yeah. I've got two written down, and I'm actually going to go for the one that I've got written down as the backup, because I think he's the favourable one. shit it. It's not so much shit it. I just think that his stats look better. Shit it, mate. Um, shit, shit it. it. All right, you well, fucking shit it. You say it how you want to say it. Definition of shit it, that. I'm going for Aaron Collins um, from Bristol Rovers. I've avoided FA Cup just because I don't think there's going to be... 
I can't really predict who's going to be starting for certain teams. A bit like what Kerwin just said. Um, Aaron Collins, 13 goals and 10 assists in League One so far this season. And he's going up against Cambridge, who just conceded five against Chef Wednesday midweek. Don't get me wrong, Chef Wednesday are a very good side. But Aaron Collins is the top goal scorer in League One at the moment. So I'm going to stick with Aaron Collins. Fair enough. But can we ask who your first or your initial first choice was? Uh, can I say that afterwards, so I'm not like stepping on any of your guys' toes? I was thinking the same thing. Fair enough, fair enough. We'll come back to that then. Who's next? Sam. Ooh, is it? Yeah. So I struggled this week because I was looking through the FA Cup fixtures and I, like I said earlier, just you don't know who's rested and who isn't. I, did, I was tempted to dip into League One and I still am, to be honest. <laughs> I wish I'm you'd dip gonna... into me. You shit it. Oh, what again? Uh, can, I, can I guide <laughs> him in? Shit it, listen to Ag. Yeah, of course you can, um, what you say? Can I guide him? Just ask him if he's oh, me please, in. please, please, please. Uh, right, okay. So I am gonna. Oh, I've bottled it. I've changed it last second. You know. Oh I've, my I've, god, I've, lads, I've got, come on! I've got a scorer and a backup written down in front of me, and I'm not going with either of them. I've bottled. Let the me FA just remind you. Let me just remind you that the spreadsheet is now in play for 2023. So yeah, start as you mean to get on and have some yeah. confidence in your picks. Well, that's even more the reason why, because I've got the two players I've got. You just don't know if they're going to be... They're like both top strikers for their teams. So are they going to be arrested? Are they going to start? I'd rather take the risk of going with a League One. And I'm going to go Plymouth and I'm going to go for Whitaker, who's been okay. in some fine form for Plymouth. Okay. Cool. Who's next? Skin. I thought so. So I have changed my mind about four times this week, a lot of it due to the FA Cup, as we've discussed. Originally, my first choice was uh, Thomas Asante for West Brom away at Chesterfield because he had been in good form. And I was like, oh, could they potentially rest a couple of players with him playing a non-league team? I then went with Darwin Nunes for Liverpool, uh, home to Wolves on Saturday night. Yes, he's had a lot of stick for the amount of chances he's had, but I thought it was a perfect opportunity to bag. But I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm going to hope that he starts and I'm going to go for the man in form and that is Marcus Rashford at home for Manchester United against Everton on Friday night. Nice. Nice. Kemp. So when I was listening to all you boys then and you were saying, oh, I've changed my mind, I've changed my mind, I thought, come on, boys, what are you doing? You know, it's FA Cup, it should be... I've changed my mind, boys. (laughs) I am going to take, and I shouldn't be doing this because of my... Piss poor form in predictions, wildcard scorers, etc. I am going to take Garnacho for Manchester United. Oh my god, he I has gone wow. big. This that is, is, I think, this deep. is a game where Garnacho will get a start. And Hargo probably wants to rest a few players. And I think Garnacho will be on from the very beginning. And I think he's a very talented player. And against that Everton defence, I can see it being a bit of a rout. So uh, I'm going to take that logic and run with it and cross my fingers and toes and go for Garnacho as my scorer of the week. I respect it. I respect it. That's, Thank you, mate. That was one of my backups. Oh, cheers, Kev. I was I was talking to one of your mates, Dawson, uh, Nathan earlier. Yes, mate. And big I Nave said, shout out. Yeah, I big said, shout out to Nave. I reckon Garnacho is going to score, but I bottled it and went Mitro anyway. Oh, that would have been interesting. Well, I suppose Kemp changed last minute, so it wouldn't matter too I much. I but... had Robbie Firmino and Danny Ings, but I've changed it to Garnacho <laughs> at the end. I like it. Go. I like it. Kez, the wild card, um, and for just to clarify for yourself and to our listeners that will be joining us, the wild card is classed as a team that is not the bookies' favourite in their matchup. So 
is this going to be, are you going to go big for a massive cup set or have you got something a little bit uh, less than that? What's your wild card this weekend? I have just double checked on uh, Skybet, other betting applications <laughs> are available. <laughs> but I'm going to back Borough. Oh, they were my backup. You little monkey. Borough against Brighton. Borough playing great football under Carrick. Yeah. Uh, I know yeah. Brighton are in form as well, but I'm hopeful. Got to remain hopeful with them. Yeah, they were my backup mate, so I really fucking hope no one's took my uh, first choice now, but we'll soon find out. Well, we're going to start with Kemp. I am going with Burnley. They are not the bookies' favourites on Skybet. Um, As we've mentioned, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a fairly close game. Um, They are in great form at the moment. I do agree, Kez, that it's not their number one priority. Their number one priority is is getting into the Premier League once again. But I, uh, yeah, I think they're going to uh, pull up, pull out a, a bit of an upset um, and they're my wild card uh, this week. Okay, Skin. Thank God for that. Um, I am going to stay away from the FA Cup. I'm going to League One and I'm going for top of the table Plymouth to win away at Bolton, which might seem like it's not eligible for a wild card, but you can currently get five to two for Plymouth to win. Bolton are in very good form. They're unbeaten in five, winning three of those. But uh, Plymouth have won their last five and it is going to be one of their tougher games of the second half of the season. They're going to need to try and, you know, get some kind of result to stay away from Sheffield, or sorry, Chef Wednesday and Ipswich, who is currently chasing them. But I'm confident they can go all the way and get three points. So Plymouth for me this weekend. Nice one. Sam? E, I am, um, yeah. I'm struggling, to be honest. I was going to go Blackpool at home to beat Forest, but they're not doing very well, are they? Um, so it's the I magic have... of the FA Cup, mate. Yeah, there's not much magic in that one. You know what? <laughs> didn't you, <laughs> you just say what? something about me going for Forest to beat Blackpool as my lock as well? Yeah, I didn't I didn't rate it. There's no There's no magic either way. <laughs> I didn't rate it, that's what I was saying. I, so the, my potential wildcard was Blackpool to beat Forest. That's why I didn't rate your Forest lock. Um, so I am going to piss Kerouin off and I am going to have Chef Wednesday to beat Newcastle. <laughs> oh my oh, god, wow! <laughs> I used to like you. <laughs> that is going to be my lock. Uh, sorry, wildcard this week. Um, as I, as I mentioned earlier, Chef Wednesday are actually in really good form, they've lost once since October. Newcastle, obviously, we know how good they are defensively, absolutely sound, but. As uh, I think Kempy just mentioned there, Magic of the FA Cup and all that. So, Hillsborough rocking, I think, on uh, what time is it? Uh, six six o'clock. o'clock kickoff. Six o'clock kickoff, yeah. I think uh place will be bouncing. I think they might just uh, surprise a few folk there. Okay. They don't bode well, because last time they were bouncing, uh, Mark Duffy went up and scored and we won 4-2, but there you go. <laughs> I, I thought you were going a different way with that then. Yeah, yeah. leave it. Leave I'm it glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, my wild card, and neither of mine actually got taken as a bit of a surprise, but I'm going to go with the National League team that I feel the most confident is going to cause an upset, and that is Wrexham to win away against Coventry. Ah, oh, you motherfucker. I thought you were going to go town. I never, never go against or for Chesterfield. Um, Wrexham to beat Coventry, I think. Coventry haven't won a game since the championship returned, and that's six games without a win. Wrexham are on fine form. Coventry on a downward spiral. So if it's going to happen from a National League side, as much as I'd love for us to beat uh, West Brom, I think it's going to be Wrexham to beat Coventry. Fair enough, fair enough. So, Kerouin, as part of our loaded sport competition, the listener lock-in, uh, one thing that we're doing alongside 
getting you to take part in our usual stuff, is giving you three games from the upcoming weekend to predict a score for after 90 minutes. Uh, there will be replays, so it doesn't matter too much. But I'm going to give you three games, mate. I want to give you to give me your score prediction, and then yep. that will give you a potential score out of six. So your okay. first week, your first, uh, sorry, your first game is the team that you support, which will be the first game for everyone, and that is Sheffield Wednesday versus Newcastle. Well, I'm going to have to back my boys. I've got one of my lock, haven't I? You have. Gonna, You've got to. going to go 2-0. Uh, it could be a comfortable 2-0. Okay. Nothing too fancy, I hope. Well, mm, we'll soon find out, won't we? But that seems like a relatively uh, comfortable and calm result without too many issues. Um, next up, mate, is Friday night's game. Manchester United versus Everton. What's your score prediction for that? As much as I hate to say it, I think my United are going to run run and ragged a little bit and it'll be 3-1. 3-1. Interesting. So that is your prediction for that. And finally, to complete your six questions in the listener lock-in, Sunday, the main event of the FA Cup third round, Manchester City versus Chelsea. The big one. As it stands, 1-0, but I'm saying 2-0 at the weekend for City. Okay, interesting. What's yeah, what's thoughts on that? that Potential rests across the board. I think a few few rests, but then not only that, um, City's academy, the players that seem to be produced out of it, just they're turning up in the first team already. I, you don't see many Chelsea players playing the first team, or academy players rather. So yeah. I think City might run, run and ragged a little bit. Fair enough, mate. So that is your six questions and you are the first person to ever complete that in the listener lock in history. So just to recap, your lock of the weekend is Newcastle to beat Sheffield Wednesday. Your scorer of the weekend is Mitrovic for Fulham against Hull. Your wild card is Middlesbrough to beat Brighton. And your score predictions are Newcastle to beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-0, Manchester United to beat Everton 3-1 and Manchester City to beat Chelsea 2-0. As promised throughout the rest of the season, throughout this competition, I will put a pound on that uh, combination of results all coming in. And if I win, I will get £514.50. And if I win, and if I win throughout the season, I will give the person that provides me with that um, or those predictions 20% of the winning. So, Carolyn, if, if it comes in, I'll give you 20p towards it. Happy days, mate. Happy days. <laughs> Karen, thank you very much for joining us, mate. We'll uh, we'll review your predictions on Monday's review show for listen, yep. listen out to that and we'll we'll get the leaderboard started on social media. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate you joining us, mate. You've been class in promoting us and taking part in the forum and everything else, and, and we look forward to having you a part of our our fan club and our supporters group as we continue to grow. But well, all if, I'm saying is if if you want to bid off anyone, um, not mention anyone's names because I don't particularly know who to pick. Um, I'd, I'm happy to drop it. It's got, it's got to be Mudge, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Mudge. It's, it's definitely. Be mudge, well, but... I think we'll all agree that, you know, in the future, um, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on, Kez, because you've been absolutely fantastic. So yeah, thank you so on. much. Cheers, for I appreciate today. that. We appreciate it. Yeah, cheers, Kez. Enjoyed and that. As I said to Dawson earlier, how about them Vikings? Oh, oh mate, you've had to fucking ruin yourself. Get some fucked up. You've got one chance now to potentially save it. The closing question that we are going to ask everybody that comes on our show, and I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you. I'm going to take away your probably obvious answer. You can't say Alan Shearer. Who is your sporting hero and why? 
oh, don't. There's a player that I absolutely adore, and I wish I didn't. Morton Gamps Pedersen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> what? You've got to say why. You can't leave it on that. Oh, my first ever game with Newcastle Blackburn, we lost 1 0. The bastard punched the ball in the goal. But t- <laughs> tell you what, it could fucking strike a free kick. It was class. It was absolutely class. But that's the, most, that's the most left field. Yeah, I, w- I was waiting for like Nobby Solano or something <laughs> oh, like that. Yeah, brilliant. Lee Bell, your Kieran Diet. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> Craig, for joining us. Craig mate. Bellum is assistant manager at Burnley. Brilliant. Is he? Yeah. How, how random's that? That's very random. That they must have uh, him and company must have linked up in their Man City playing days. But yeah, that's uh, everyone's uh, sporting fact of the day. I thought um, you'd enjoy that. So thank you, Kerwin, for your locks and predictions this week. In just a few moments' time, we'll be back to discuss the Darts World Championship reaching its conclusion and just how well Loaded Sport did in the predictions. Welcome back to episode 19 of Loaded Sport. We're now going to move on to be talking about the conclusion of the World Championship of Darts that finished just this past weekend at the Alexandra Palace oh. in London. Skin, over to you. Oh. What, what, what do you want me to say? I kind of feel like, look, we uh, we did the segment before the tournament started or on the day the tournament started, um, and I was left to it because at the time we were recording up to me, you, Aggie, and, and Sam, and you two haven't really got much history of, of being a darts fan. So just said, look, you take it away, make your prediction, give any thoughts and stick the loaded sport name to it. Now, I know Sam is making some rather energetic and excitable noises. He watched the final. <laughs> and I think I think it'd be better if we, from a complete, sort of, I'd say, a newbie's perspective, Ooh. get his opinion. We, we don't need the expertise as such of... Uh, of anything but as a as a new fan as someone that turned it on because you were hearing sort of good things about the game yeah what were your thoughts sam as, a, so, as an entry level to darts pure pure entry level so i'll, I'll, I'll lay my cards out i caught obviously i know what kind of a, a nine darter is and as they were you know your basics of, of darts but i never really get it get it to time of day and uh, it wasn't until that um that particular leg um yep. with the uh the almost Second leg of the third set. Yes, the almost two nine daughters, and I seen you and Kemp going absolutely batshit crazy in chat. And I thought this is uh, this is sounding a bit of me. This it's a bit tasty. So I, uh, I flicked it on in time. I watched it from pretty much that point on. So I must admit, I did miss the the greatest part of the match, but <laughs> the greatest um, part of darts history. Mate. Darts history, yeah, yeah, of course it was. And now, as you say, as a, um, as a as an amateur looking in on it, it was uh, it was it was fan- a fantastic occasion. Um, I thought he might have lost it a bit towards the end. I must admit, when um, Van Gerwen started getting a little bit momentum into, but but no, it's uh, I think it's got me up to now. I think it's got me up. Um, I might have to go and buy myself a little dartboard and uh, and see. What I've definitely got the frame for it, so <laughs> <laughs> why not? Look, uh, try not to sort of think that darts is always like that because Kemp, I'm sure you'll agree. Like even taking that leg out of it, and I know that leg was such a big part of it and such a a historic moment in the game, and will be a, a leg and a moment that's played for generations. But it's not always that good. That genuinely no. will go down as one of the best finals of all time, as one of the best darts matches of all time. So it's a it's a great entry level. 
and, and yeah, mate, you're going to see me on BDO next next year. Aggie will be there, front row, front and centre, <laughs> golf clapping you on. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'll get you all the. I'll get you all the. Do you not I'll remember media, skin pa- media when, passes when we used yeah. to uh, play darts? I uh, I used to be the one that did the uh, standing at the side, reading out the numbers every time people had hit doubles, trebles, and whatnot, and taking the scores. I think I did that yeah, for yeah. a final that you was in as well. Yes, mate. There you go, lads. That's, that Fun, gives you an enough, idea of the level I'm at. I'm glad you've said that, because funnily enough, that's that's always been the reason why I've stayed away from darts, because I'm thick as fuck when it comes to maths. And I, <laughs> <laughs> the thought of counting backwards from 105. Mate, mate, no, it, it, it's so weird, right? It's so weird. So I've, I mentioned earlier when we were talking about darts, I had a dartboard at home growing up and I played a lot. And you'll, it'll surprise you how much that helps you. I know there's only so much maths within that window, but it will... Yeah. Like I watch darts now, and they'll throw a dart that's not the dart that they'll say in the thing, and I'll know exactly what they've got left, exactly what they need to be able to finish. But that is through playing darts. Like, it's weird how it's, it sort of it sits with you. It's very strange. But no, look, I, I, I very fortunately enough put the loaded sport name to Michael Smith winning the tournament. Uh, pre-tournament, he was the fourth favourite behind uh, Peter Wright, Gerwin Price, and the man he beat in Michael Van Gerwin at 6-1. to one. But look... Michael Smith is a man that previously had been in 10 major tournament finals, not 10 world championship finals. He'd been in two before, but 10 major tournament finals in every single one he lost. And he'd always been a talent. He'd always had the potential, but you, you know, any player or any team at any level in any sport, if you're in 10 finals and you lose them all, you, you start to wonder how much of that potential is just that and how much of it will be realized. And it was starting to look like that might not be the case um, the uh, um, Dart, sorry, had a, a tournament, their first sort of big tournament in America, not far off this time last year, set in Madison Square Garden, which Michael Smith won. It, it wasn't classed as a major tournament, but he did win it. And that was seen as the potential turning point. And then, as I mentioned in that preview, in November, a month or so before the World Championship started, he won his first ever major tournament, winning the Grand Prix, which is a top three tournament in the darting calendar. So that is why I said that, look, as I mentioned there, as I mentioned in the preview, he always had the potential. It's His was more the mental side of it, of keeping himself together in those clutch moments and seeing it through. And it was so many times where he had not... The, the players that it, it, it beat him hadn't won finals as such, but he'd lost them through how he just lost his head and, and threw it away. And that's why that Grand Prix in November was such a pivotal moment in his career. And look, he's now gone on and won the World Championship by a comfortable margin in, in the end against a player that had won their quarters and semifinals, a combined total of 11 sets to nil in Michael Van Gerwen. So full credit to Michael Smith. I think now... He's, he's classed as the world number one after winning that tournament and he is going to be don, dominant now over the next few years and over the next few tournaments because the one thing that was stopping him from doing that was just getting that first one on the board. He's now got two, including the biggest one of them all. So, yeah, um, I'm very confident Michael Smith is going to add a lot more trophies over the next three to five years. Yeah, and hats off to both yourself and to Michael Smith because you called Michael Smith winning it at the start of the tournament and I'm not sure how many people did, So, uh, and I certainly didn't. So uh, so hats off to you on that one. And obviously, you guys have, have, have talked about the game and, and how amazing it was. And like you said, Dawson, there is a, as a darts fan, you know, watching the darts as, as much as I do. You know, I watch the match play, I watch the Premier League, I watch the World Championships. And it's, you know, you'll, I will never see that again. That was a moment in time. I think I said to Sam, you know, 
it was like darts equivalent of the Aguero moment. And it really was, you know, you'll never, ever see that again. It was so special. And for that to be happening with the two, what I think are now the two greatest players in the world uh, in the biggest tournament in the final, you know, it, it, that'll never happen again. And, and what a moment that was for darts and what a moment that was for, you know, new fans or a casual audience to, to bring them into yeah. darts. I've seen Ariel an MMA <laughs> reporter, Ariel Hawani talking about darts. Now he wants to come to the world championships next year. Did you, you see know, the uh, in- interaction between him and Wayne Mardle? Who, by yeah, the way, yeah. shout out to Wayne Mardle. One of the greatest, he could not speak. He could not speak. He could one not speak. The greatest, <laughs> one of the greatest <laughs> sporting calls of all time. Unbelievable and seeing, call. Um, as you say, Ariel was talking about the darts on his on his show. Yeah. Uh, they they hooked up on Twitter and, and Wayne basically said, look, if you're ever in the UK, if you ever fancy an art of darts, let me know. And I'll be honest, I know we're very early into 2023, but I did not have that on my bingo card of seeing Ariel and Wayne Marvel. Well, it's interesting because the Premier League is in Nottingham the same weekend that the UFC is in London. And Ariel Hawani is, is, is a Forest fan, unfortunately for you, Sam. So, yeah, um, yeah but, but yeah, I mean, going back to my original point, you know, not just journalists and, and um, you know, podcasters and content creators are, are going to be getting more involved in darts because of those scenes and because of that game and that moment. Yeah. But, you know, more casual audiences like Sam, you know, you say you used to, you know, play a little bit and, and sort of always been on the periphery and, you know, it, it got you, you know, was going mad about it got you watching the game you've seen the highlight you've seen the clips you've seen the call from 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 the commentators and um and hopefully that means that going forward you'll you'll start watching the darts and they'll have got a a, a new slash old slash you know renewed fan in, in you there sam so mm. i think it's it was a great night for darts all around and uh and as a darts fan those are the moments that you uh you, lo- you love to see absolutely Hundred percent, and we'll be uh, looking forward to hearing more about uh, the darts championships as the year goes on. In just a few moments' time, we'll be back to discuss weekend uh, week eighteen, the final week of the NFL. Why season. do you always struggle with that? I don't know. Welcome back to episode 19 of Loaded Sport. We are just about to start previewing the final week of the NFL season. But before we do, there's an incident that took place on Monday Night Football between the Bengals and the Bills that we're going to address first of all. Skin, over to you. Yes, mate. One of the uh, unfortunate potential um, sort of consequences or side effects or whatever you want to call it of playing in in such a, a tough and rough sport as of American football, Cincinnati Bengals face Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football, and, and during that game, early in that game, Demar Hamlin um, suffered a, a cardiac arrest. I don't think it's relevant to discuss you know, what happened just before that or what potentially caused that because it was completely innocent. I've seen people online slating the the incident before and and the player involved. Yeah, and I think it's shocking. Yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely disgusting. So we don't need to get into that. But yeah. Demar Hamlin took a took a hit as as is the norm in in that sport. We see it every single game, every single week, um, and and suffered a cardiac arrest shortly after collapsing on the field. Um, and yeah, the 
medical staff were straight on the field, obviously trying to perform CPR and, and sort of revive revive him. Players were visibly shocked on the field, as, as you would expect. Um, and eventually, Hamlin was put into the back of an ambulance and taken to, to a local hospital. Um, I will point out as well that the fan response to that was one of the most classiest things, I suppose. I know it's probably not the best word to use, but responses no, I think, that... I think it is. I think it's fair. Yeah. Of that, that I've seen in of sport, uh, and, and yeah, uh, the rumor is that the NFL were were looking for the players to restart. The players didn't want to, so they left the field to a standing ovation from all the fans. Um, and then about an hour later, it was decided to postpone the game. Um, there's been no news on on whether or not that game will be replayed, restarted, cancelled, or whatever it might be, but. Again, that's irrelevant. Unfortunately, about an hour or so before we started recording this episode, um, news was released that DeMar Hamlin had awoke during the night. Um, he had communicated to doctors and family via writing, as he is currently on, uh, he's got a breathing tube to, to help with oxygen. Um, and I think a positive sign is the fact that one of, if not his first question was, if the Bills had won that game, obviously to then find out that it had been postponed after what happened. So, I'm really glad that news came out because there there hadn't been a lot of news in the day in the days since it happened, and I wasn't really sure what I was going to say if that news hadn't come out. But the signs are positive that that Hamlin will will make a recovery, whether that's to end up playing back on the field or or whatever. I don't think at this stage it matters. You know, the most important thing is that he, he is still with us. He he is awake. He is responding. He is he is communicating, and that is a massive credit to to the medical staff that were available on Monday night in, in Cincinnati. So, yeah, I, I thought we, we we had to mention it. We couldn't just get into our usual stuff, our usual laugh without no. without without sort of bringing it up. But, yeah, our, our thoughts are with Jamar Hamlin and his family. I think one of, I say one of, probably the only positive to come out of, of this situation, Jamar Hamlin does have a, a charity that, that looks at sort of donating toys to, to sort of less fortunate families and children with only a couple of thousand as a goal and it and it's in the multiple millions in, in donations since Heart the incident. So yeah, definitely uh, there's been no news on whether or not he's aware of that information. But I'm sure as he continues to recover and, and sees that he'll be uh, yeah, he'll be, he'll be blown away and by by the response and you, you know ultimately the, the the larger community that will will benefit from that from that support that he's been given. So yeah, our thoughts are with him. And it's great to hear that he's uh, starting to make a recovery. Lovely words. Okay, we move on to discuss this weekend's action. Week 18 of the NFL season, the final week of the regular season before Wild Card Weekend, as we know Skin absolutely loves that weekend. Even more so if his side can make it into the playoffs. So Sam, I'm going to start with you and the permutations for both the AFC and the NFC. You know what? Um... I was thinking about this and going back to what, what Skin mentioned, I'm not going to touch too much on the AFC side of uh, permutations just because we don't quite know, you know, what, what they're doing with the, the Buffalo game and, mm-hmm. and you, we don't quite know the order it's going to fall and whether it's going to be a non-contest. So I'm not going to really touch too much on, on the AFC side of, you know, the top tier of the seedings. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to start with the NFC and obviously there is there's essentially one, one place left up for grabs and it's um, my boys, your boys and the Lions. Um, it's a, a win and in situation for Green Bay. Uh, your boys need a win uh, paired with a Lions win, if I'm right. Is that right? Yep. 
or yep. a Green Bay and Lions tie, apparently, also does it a if we win. Right, okay. I, I don't think it's going to end in a tie. I think it's going to be one of those situations where, you know, it, any team would rather go to a, for a two-pointer and let each other win it than, I think, letting, letting Seattle win. That's that's how that's I'd, nice. I'd see it, I think. Um, but, yeah, um, it's... It's, it's all to play for, and we've obviously been flexed to to Sunday night football, which I'm not too happy about. But it, um, neither I'm, am I. <laughs> I don't agree. I think I, I, I can see your your boys winning, and and it's it's, it's an odd one really because if, I do think your boys win. It's like it's in Seattle. You've you've got the stronger roster this season, um, and I, I think it's kind of I think they've overestimated your game slightly, and I think there's a good chance it's going to come to Sunday night football and it's essentially just a matter of the Packers wanting to win and Detroit just playing to spoil a party. I, I can't really see the, the the Rams winning, if I'm being honest. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I, I do think there, there could have been other games, even maybe put your game at the uh, at the late game and let, you know, it's Packers and, Packers and Lions playing that uh, half-nine kickoff thing or... is though you put us at that late game you beat the lions we're already out and that game's a nothing game for me that game so. should be is it the the titans jags is that right uh, yes yes that's what i was going to say the saturday night game yes so the, to be honest I, th- I think our game should have been played at the same time i think i think if they had both them both them games kick off at like 25 past nine uk time i think that that would probably been the, the most logical logical sense can you imagine the drama on red zone if the, while that's uh while that's going off and neither of the, the shame neither of the players it. know what's going on yeah, that that would have been much better for me. But yeah, like we say, that's um, that's obviously with the NF- NFC side. What do you reckon to that? You got you got any opinions on uh, Seattle? How confident are you? I'm confident we're going to beat the Rams. I'm not as confident that we're going to make the playoffs. But part of me doesn't want to. I don't want to go to make the playoffs to be embarrassed. I think if Green Bay make the playoffs, the way that you've been playing late, your defense especially you'll mm. cause much more of an upset than we would, or you'd at least be more of a match for, I think it's going to be at the moment, the 49ers that you go up against, and I think you're going to be much more of a match <sighs> for them than we are. We're, we're you you say the that. <laughs> the classic bogey team for us at minute, aren't they? I've been since about 2010. Yeah, I, I, the main thing for me is the kickoff time ruins it. If we win, Detroit don't have anything to play for except for to upset you guys, and... I suppose it works with the pressure being off, but at the same time, you've got nothing to play for. The interest's gone. There's a chance that Green Bay go and, and beat Detroit, and that's it. It's game over, isn't it? Just yeah, like that. Yeah, so pretty much. I agree with what you say on the fact that it should have been played at the same time. Um, also in the NFC, a team that has made it into the playoffs. We're going to go over to him now. Kemp, you've been surprised by the Giants making the playoffs. But a lot of that was kind of heaped on expectation after the uh, the draft took place last year. Um, the excitement that was surrounding uh, the Giants camp at that point. Is there a particular player that you think has been a standout from that draft class that the Giants took that you think has really, really helped New York get to where they are at the moment? Yeah, I think uh, Kayvon Thibodeau um has definitely been the the difference maker for us in in that respect um first round of the draft pick, pick number 5 um and and he seems like he's been worth every single penny or every single uh sort of stock we've we've invested in him he's been absolutely brilliant um every time i've seen him play he really puts that that pressure on the offensive line um and 
that's something we've definitely been missing. We've, you know, quarterbacks have been way too comfortable playing against New York Giants defense and, and the defensive line. So, uh, yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau, it's the, it's the obvious answer. It's the easy answer, but it's, it's the unanimous answer, I think, from a lot of Giants fans. Um, with honourable mentions to um, Neil as well, the second round, or the, 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 also the first round pick later in the first round. Uh, but yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau takes it for me and fingers crossed he can live up to his potential and hopefully become the uh, the second coming of number 56. So uh, yeah, a lot of pressure, a lot of expectation, but a really, really good player in the making. So hopefully he can stay injury free and, and keep his head down and, uh, and become a legend of, uh, of Giants football. And at the moment, you are in the playoffs. I mean, me and Skin spoke last week about how we'd potentially have preferred our sides not to have made it just for the higher draft pick. You don't have to worry about that because you're already in there. But how far do you realistically think this Giants team can go now that you're in the playoffs? You know what? I think it's the most cliche thing ever. And sometimes when Dawson says it, I do cringe. But man, any given Sunday, any given Sunday, we've proven that earlier in the season, we beat Green Bay, we beat Baltimore. We were both underdogs in both of those games, and and we we pulled it out. You know, talk the, about the, it. The big occasion, <laughs> on the big occasion, we pulled something out of our arses. So, yeah, fingers crossed. We we look like we've got a fairly fit roster. I am a bit concerned about the, the options at wide receiver or lack thereof. Um, but you know, if DJ's if playoff DJ is anything like playoff Eli. And uh, we've got we've got an exciting playoffs to come. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm confident. I think we'll I think we'll win the wild card game. Um, but then I think sort of from there we, we may struggle a little bit when we come towards the business end. But hopefully a playoff win will will do me. I'll be a very happy bunny with a playoff win. And then anything else from that's just a bonus. Okay, and Sam, I'm going to ask you the same question in just a moment. But Kemp, I'm going to ask it you first. We are in a unique position in the NFC at the moment, despite how the Eagles started the season. There is still the number one seed in the NFC up for grabs. The Eagles, the Niners, the Vikings and the Cowboys could all walk away with that number one seed. So my question is, is there a team out of those that you'd have a preference to think? I know you said any any given Sunday, but is there a team there that you think of as like, they're the ones that we've got the best chance of of beating? So it's the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Niners and who? The Vikings. Vikings. I'd say the Vikings. It's an easy question for me to answer. I'd, just beat yeah. them. <laughs> I'd say the Vikings, yeah, because I think I think everybody or most people expected them to sort of run through Green Bay. I know Green Bay have been in a really good run, vein of form, and and that obviously helps. But in the last few weeks, the Vikings, you know, haven't really looked the same. And the Eagles so far this season have had our number. The Cowboys have seemingly um, had our number a, a lot of the time, and and the Forty ers look like a really dangerous outfit. So, uh, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings for me would be the uh, the ideal preference in that situation. Yeah, and Sam, I'm guessing you just echo that for Green Bay. Yeah, I mean we've just absolutely tanned their arses, haven't we? So they would be naturally the team out of the the others I'd rather face. Um, the Niners, the Niners would definitely be the, the the team I'd least like to face, just because of our history. We we never seem to never seem to do well against them. The Eagles, <clears throat> I think the Eagles are difficult to say really because obviously they've they've had hurts away for a good couple of weeks now. I know we mentioned this to Mudge a couple of days ago, and he says he don't care. So you know, as soon as Hurts is back, no one's beating him. But I think. To, for a quarterback to have that kind of time off, just to get, get straight back into a rhythm, especially in the playoffs, it's a, it's a difficult thing to do. And and you know, let's not let's not beat about Bush. They've they've got they've still got a stacked roster despite Hurts, and they haven't been winning games. They've they've lost. Is it last three now? Um, lost against sorry, yeah. last two. They lost against lost the Saints. Lost two. against the Cowboys. Um, 
So, I mean, they lost, they beat the Bears 20 to 20, 25 to 20. So it weren't even convincing against the Bears. So, and, and like I say, they've, they've still got a full stack defense there and, and their offensive lines, you know, not changed. They've got a great receiver core and, and they're still struggling in the last three games, really. So I don't think Jalen Nurse is the answer, be all, you know, be all and end all to all, all their answers. And I do think that they, they might be in for a bit of a rude awakening come playoffs, it, it, even if Hurts is back. I think they still might struggle to get into the swing of things. Okay, and Skin, I'm going to ask you now as a, a, like an outsider looking in from the AFC. Um, San Francisco, they, they've had a lot of quarterback issues this year. Trey Lance went down injured. Jimmy Garoppolo went down injured. Now they've got Brock Purdy. He's been performing quite well to a lot of people's surprise. If this is the situation, he continues performing like this throughout the, the offseason, the postseason, should I say, sorry. Uh, would you say for next season, should Trey Lance be healthy? Where do the 49ers go? Do they go Purdy? Do they go Lance? W- what's your thoughts? It's a really good question. And on the flip side of that, it's also a really hard question to answer. Trey Lance, we know the, you know, the haul they gave away to trade up to be able to pick Trey Lance out of North Dakota, out of college, and he was the future. He was going to sit behind a, a relatively steady hand at quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, and it hasn't quite paid off yet. He's suffered injuries. He's been inconsistent when he has played and then suffered the horrific injury earlier this season when it looked like they were giving him the keys to the team, and that was it. It was his moving forward. Garoppolo came back in, looked like he was doing quite well. San Francisco, uh, San Francisco were playing quite well, and then he got injured as well. So in, in came Mr. Irrelevant in Brock Purdy, and he's been absolutely fantastic. Sam has said before about Sam Fran not needing necessarily an elite quarterback, just a great game manager and someone that can run that scheme. And, and he's certainly been that, as well as, you know, to give him credit, not to give the scheme itself full credit, he himself has performed to a high level as well. So, yeah, it's it's a really, really good question because, one, it comes down to how Trey Lance recovers from the gruesome injury that he suffered. You know, that will have an impact. But could it be a, a similar situation to what New England found themselves in, in a few years ago when they had Tom Brady, when they had Jimmy Garoppolo, when they, there was that backroom sort of tension between who they wanted moving forward? And ultimately, they used the potential that Jimmy Garoppolo had to trade away to San Francisco and get a good sort of draft pick collection to build their squad moving forward. So, Ultimately, if, if you're going to make me pick, I'd say they go with Trey Lance because they kind of have to, in a sense, because of what they gave up for him to get him. And they use the tape that they've got on Brock Purdy in the NFL against professional teams, against professional de- defences, and use that to build a, a, a hall of picks to continue building for their future. So I think that will be the, the route that they go down. Okay, let's move on then to the locks of the week. The first we time go. they are going to be included on the database, the the table that you've made as well. Oh. I'm really underselling that. Go on. No, uh, mate, you go on. I'm I'm just nervous about who's getting the first pick. Uh, well, I'll let you in on a little secret. It's not you. Right. Oh, so, uh, brilliant. After the wheel was spun, I've done different ones for the football as I have for the NFL, which means the first pick this time goes to Sam. Hey, first oh, time. Motherfucker. Get in. Right, right. Let's fuck You out. dare. You dare. I am going the 49ers at home. Oh, they're my the backup. They're, they're my, my backup. backup. You fucking. <laughs> yeah. Were they your first pick? <laughs> they were my yes. number one overall yes. pick. Buzzing. 
Uh, yeah, twelve and four Niners against uh, the Cards at home. Um, oh, oh, score a goal. Well, mirror image of their their record, four and twelve. Cards are shit this year. Let's be fair. Niners are yeah. brilliant. Purdy's lighting it up. Um, Niners still got the number one seed to play for. Cards have got absolutely nothing to play for. So yeah. I'd be amazed at any other result. Well, I'd be amazed at any other other result than the Niners. But then again, I thought that last weekend when I picked City at home against Everton. So, you know what my <laughs> locks, are, you know what my locks have been like. So yeah, Niners at home against the Cards. That's my lock. Okay, please come to me, Aggie. Please come to me. It is me, Aggie. It is me next. It's me. Go on, Aggie. I've been asked every single time. Um, I, I my backup was the Niners to beat the Cards, which means please. thankfully I can go for my first choice, which is. Please. The Chiefs to beat the oh, Yes. I'm still in. I'm still in. I'm please still come in. To me I'm next. still in. Come to me next, please. I think, uh, oh, Aggie, break it down. I think the Chiefs Chiefs just need to win, and they've got the number one seed to the AFC, and they're just so bloody good at the moment. The Chiefs look like the side to me that's going to make it to the Super Bowl from the AFC. The only side that I think could stop them is the Bengals. Um, but I think with the way the Raiders have been playing as well, they've been so disappointing. They've changed the quarterback, and I think the Chiefs' defense is just going to be too good up against the Raiders. So I'm going with the Chiefs to beat the Raiders um, as my lock. Up next, the pick goes to... Come on. Kemp. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> to be fair, I've built all this up. I actually don't know if this is going to be yours as well, Dawson. But I have gone I for the... Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, it's not mine. Oh, Ooh. thank God. Yeah, at the Denver Broncos, the Broncos have been wildly inconsistent, to say the least, this season, and the Chargers have looked fairly steady. Um, I think the Chargers are going to uh, are comfortably going to take this one, so the Chargers are my lock of the week. My Makes third sense. choice, lock of the week, but my second choice, I, uh, I bottled it a little bit. So. Ooh, okay. Skin, can, can, I have a, can I have a guess at yours? I, based on the fact that you're wanting to ask me and the tone of your voice, I think you've got it, but go on. So I think you have gone for the Vikings to beat the Bears. I have not gone for the Vikings to beat the Bears. I have gone. I have gone for the, as you always coin it, your boys, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, is it? The Detroit Lions as my lock, as lock. the result of the weekend that I am most confident in. Oh, my in. God. And the reason for wow. that being I'm is moist. Jared Goff has been lights out. In the last eight weeks, he has thrown 15 touchdown passes with zero interceptions. However, he is a different player in the Dome as he is away from home. It's true. And this weekend, he is going to have to go to the frozen tundra, to the light to the lively, to the electric Lambeau Field, and he has got to try it and beat Aaron Rodgers and that informed defence to secure the Lions a place in the playoffs. And I am telling you now, I told you Argentina would win 4-2 on penalties in the final. I told you that Michael Smith would win the Darts World Championship. And right now, in this moment, on this episode, I am telling you that the Green Bay Packers will beat the Detroit Lions and <laughs> head into next week's wildcard weekend as one of, if not the, hottest team in okay, the National hell. Football League. I'll tell you what, that's some fucking sell in it right there. Let's uh... get fucking <laughs> hyped, baby. Aaron Rodgers has had a fresh fucking fade. He looks He's well. fucking back. Let's he looks go. well, done he? You can't have a wild card weekend or you can't have a playoffs without Aaron Rodgers in it. Let's have it. Well, we're going to find out. Uh, Skin, we'll stick with you then for the lock of the week scorer. 
Um, I am gonna. I did have a couple of backups just in case, uh, but I'm gonna stick with the game that I've picked for my lock, and I'm having Aaron Jones to score a touchdown against the Lions. Um, I mentioned early in the week in our review show that Aaron Jones rushing over 100 yards is pivotal to Green Bay's success. Detroit Lions are not very good against the run, and I think he will have a field day, and I think he will score at least a touchdown. So Aaron Jones to score this weekend. Okay, Kemp. Yes, my darling. I am going to go for the king, Derek Henry. I'd like him to get a touchdown for this week. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's. I think that's the most nailed on <laughs> prediction I'm going to make, which means it's definitely not going to come in. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Dawson's usual man and I'm going to say the king. I won't back him against the Jags, mate, so come on. Well, there you go. Um, it's me next. I've got two written down, but thankfully I can go for my first choice and I can stick with the theme that I've been going for since we started doing these locks. And I'm going for <laughs> a running back that is going against the Green Bay Packers. I'm going for DeAndre Swift to get a touchdown. But I'm going for DeAndre Swift. I, I'm confident he's got the number one lock? spot back in Detroit. Yeah, he's got the number one spot back as, as running back for Detroit. Last week, he got one from about 23 yards out. The fact that uh, that Green Bay are poor against the run, don't get me wrong, they have been playing much better, but I think Detroit, with the way they're going to be playing, with so much at stake for both sides, uh, DeAndre Swift's going to be the one that gets a touchdown for the Lions. I know you're thinking Jamal Williams, Got every chance me. that he can, but I'm standing by, uh, by DeAndre Swift to be the one that gets it. Uh, Sam, to you. Yeah, well, as you all know, I always prepare a scorer and a backup just in case. Um, and I am that, I'm that confident. I reckon both of my scorer and backup will score this weekend. Give us uh, your backup first, just for the backup record. Backup first is the reason why I audible gasped is Jamal Williams. For everything Adam said about the Packers not being great against the run, but he's um, he's got fifteen touchdowns in in sixteen in sixteen games. You know, he he is their goal to go running back. He um, yeah. Is just the is the man, and I can't not I can't see him not scoring to be honest. So he's my backup, uh, and I, I I do think he will score, uh, and obviously ex player as well. So plenty of um, plenty of reason to give give his all against us, um, despite leaving on good terms. Uh, but no, my scorer, my outright scorer this week will be CMC Christian McCaffrey to score against nice. the Cards. Obviously, I do, I do tend to have a bit of a theme where I pick my lock with the scorer with my lock and that's what I'm going to do this week so McCaffrey to score against the cards he's already got 12 touchdowns this year and I think he'll increase it against the cards yeah fair enough uh, we'll stay with you then Sam you kick us off with the wild card <laughs> right so wild card I was going to pick the Giants to beat the Eagles however Woo! however the Giants have just got nothing to play for they've got yeah, fuck yeah. all to play for I, I don't see how Dayball is getting him up for this game and not tempted to rest starters, whether it be just to play a half of football. You know, I can't see how they're going to get, especially when Eagles are still playing for a number one seed. So I've kind of pivoted from that game and I am going to go with the Lions to beat the Packers as my wild card. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So... Is that just purely because you're thinking if I jinx it? There is, is there that. Yes. This? No. That no, that's definitely that's definitely some part of my thinking. However, Lions have lost once in the last five. 
They've already beat Green Bay once this year. You're, you're absolutely right in what you say in Goff, outdoor compared to indoor, different quarterback. But however, in, in his last games, as you say, it is 15 touchdowns to no interceptions and a passer rating of 108, which is fucking unreal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be my wild card this weekend, the Lions to beat the Packers. Uh, obviously, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I get a big fat cross next to my name right there. But For the purpose uh, of the spreadsheet, you'll take the risk. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, I've gone for a similar sort of theme in that I'm hoping I jinx it. I've gone with the Broncos to beat the Chargers. Naturally, I want the Broncos to keep losing so that we can get a higher draft pick from them. So naturally, they're going to go ahead and win. But I also think up against the Chargers that are in a similar sort of position like you just said with the Giants. There's absolutely nothing to play for. For Denver, it's all about preparing themselves now for next season and and getting a bit more um, confidence within Russell Wilson and the receivers that they've got. I think that Broncos are likely to cause an upset in that game. Can I just very quickly point out that I had the Broncos as my backup and I've just got the betting odds up just to confirm my picks and Broncos are now listed as favourites, which I would assume is oh. down to the fact that Chargers will be resting players wow. because they haven't got anything to play for. So, lads, are we making him pick again because Broncos are favourites? Well, yeah, of course we are. That's not a wild card being, Does being a favourite. Does that mean I get to pick my lock again? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- th- there's there's three of us, so it's we can vote on it, but I would say do your fucking research. But I, don't I did my research, that. and some of that was on the odds. I had absolutely <laughs> no expectation that the Broncos would be the favourites. If I'm, if I'm being honest, I'm inclined to say no to Kempen, yes, and Ag's got to. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah. Yeah, okay, you know, that seems about as fair as usual. Right, I'm going to go with... This is in your fucking favour, you prick. <laughs> no, I I've got to You change. can change, I can't. I don't want to change, I was happy with the Broncos. All right, you well, can't, mate, Broncos are favourites. They're not letting you because they're right, the fucking well, favourites. No, it's fine, it's null and void. You don't get one. Fine, I'm changing. Right, I'm going to go with... <laughs> I wish like I, if he picks mine now, I'll be fuming because it was me that mentioned it. Oh, that'll be funny. That I'm I should have go... said mine and I said, oh, just so you know, you can't have them. I'm going to go Bears to beat Vikings. Oh, talk us through it. I think I think it could, could could work for the Bears again. It's just about Justin Fields, isn't it? Just carrying that offense. He's going to get more confidence in him for next season. They're going to need to do quite a bit in the draft to just give him a bit more support um, from wide receiver perspectives. And like Sam keeps telling me every single week when I seem to go for the Vikings, they're the biggest frauds that are in the playoffs at the moment. So <laughs> let's just... <laughs> So I think the Bears are going to cause an upset against the Vikings. That was a backup that I'd looked at anyway, so I'm going to go with that one. And please, for the love of God, do not tell me that they are the favourites. Uh, no, they won't be. I didn't think they would be. No, you, no. you are all good, mate, I'm and safe. you are safe good. on that one. Kemp, over to you then. What do you mean, Kemp? Woo! I didn't go first. No, you went last. You went last. And then you went first for the scorer. You went last and then first for oh, scorer, and now you went last you again. Fucking mind your football. He's got ego there, fuck, uh, Don't you dare pick my name. I am going for don't the Houston dare. Texans. Um, I think this Fine. is just a game that's just going to be a wild card in itself. Neither team have got anything to play for. The Colts looked terrible. Te- Texans are playing for the number one pick last week. Well, yeah, but they're playing to, I suppose, lose for the number one pick, are they? So it's, yeah, I think the Texans are going to win. I just think it's going to be a, a, a bit of a mad game and it's just going to be a bit 
a bit donkey, as I say, and it, and anyone could win it. And the Texans are uh, are the are the, uh, the outsiders. So Texans to win for me. I think the only way the Texans can lose the number one pick is if they win and the Bears lose. They're not going to throw the game, though, are they? So no, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, skin for you then. Uh, I'm all good, mate. My number one choice is still there, so I'm happy with that. And I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers to win at New Orleans Saints. Uh, New Orleans have won three, or the last three. They beat the Eagles last week, albeit against their backup quarterback. Carolina have won three of the last five, and the two that they lost were close and within one score. Similar to sort of a lot of the week. 18 games really there's quite a few that could go either way will there be players rested because they're not playing for anything and that kind of stuff so it is a little bit tough it's we're kind of at a similar point aren't we with the FA Cup we're not quite sure what some of the teams what what starting lineups will be and things like that so it can be quite hard to sort of know where to go but I'll uh, I'll go with the Panthers they were my first choice as I say so I'm confident with that. Okay Sam is it worth me asking you from the locks that we've gone for what your odds are looking at at the moment? Uh, I am back it, it, it. I am backed it, mate. I am backed it. Oh, Obviously, back norm, it? No, normally I do an eightfold, but I, I, I've thought on, on cup weekends I'm uh, I'm just not going to back it because we all obviously the whole point of a lock is to pick a strong favourite, and I think you know, like for example, me me picking Spurs at home against Portsmouth, you, you know, odds are going to be dog shit. So I just thought yeah. on on FA Cup weekends I'm just not going to bother. Okay, I won't sure if that was just football related, but understandable. Okay, you know that... what's going to happen, don't you? That it's the one week that it'll come. In. <laughs> it's all going to come in. in. It'll all come in. Uh, right, that is all we've got time for this week. Then, so skin over to you for your question of the episode. The question of the episode is more of a statement of the episode. Uh, this is something that I've not revealed to you previously, lads. So this is for you to find out as is. But much like the man on the mic to start the episode, I am retiring the question of the episode to close the episode. It is getting more and more outrageous. I am struggling to find a question each episode and I'm going to find more and more outrageous things. So I am going to retire it. And you're before... going to get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> so I am retiring it before it becomes a parody of itself, much like our man at the mic segment at the start. So, lads, it has been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed it. I've much enjoyed putting Adam in very uncomfortable positions. But I think now, within a week, as as we are, we've had the birth of the listener lock in. So that's it. That's it. That's our focus. Um, So I think. So so I think on that information you've just given us, it's only fitting that I am going to end that with a question to you. And I think think you owe us an answer. Right, like it. I'm just I'm, I'm now racking my brains thinking of something outrageous. You know me, mate. I'll answer it, which is kind of the issue because I listened back to our review show, yeah, and me answering a question that wasn't aimed at me in the most outrageous way, and I was like, I'm fucking clutching at straws here. So that was kind of the first domino that that led to the end domino being I'm going to retire it before it just becomes doing it for the point of doing it. Right. Okay. So the question of the episode for the last ever time to Mr. Skin is a would you rather like it would you rather have a taste of Adam's helmet <laughs> for 10 seconds or would you rather have a deep sniff into his anal cavity Sorry, the silence isn't great for audio content, is it? But I want to make sure that I give the right answer. And the answer is as follows. 
I will take a deep sniff of his anal cavity while stroking his helmet before okay. I proceed to sniff the helmet, oh, stick it deep sake. in my throat, take his oh, load. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Why is it somehow still always about me? <laughs> <laughs>